And welcome to What's Brewing, a Project Zion podcast series where we explore the question, what is mission and why does it matter? I am your host, Robin Linkhart, and I'm here today with Apostle Richard James. Welcome, Richard. It's so great to have you with us today on Project Zion podcast. Thank you, Robin. It is good to be back with you again. So, Richard, you have been a guest on Project Zion before, and actually quite recently we posted a wonderful interview with you about the World Hunger Team. But I always like to start off with a few minutes of introduction. So if you would introduce yourself and please include a little bit about your ministry responsibilities and the field you support. Well, I live in a little village on the suburbs of Cardiff in South Wales in the United Kingdom. My wife, uh, Claire, is now retired. She was a school teacher and she's just enjoying life. My favourite things is just taking a book and going to the ocean, they're 10 minutes away and reading. Sounds a nice life. Um, I think since the last time I did a podcast with you in June 21, we have two new grandchildren. So we now have four. So as uh, some of you may have grandchildren, they are the uh, the love of your life. So we have now four children and four grandchildren. And I continue to serve in the Eurasia Mission Field, which is the British Isles Mission Centre, Western Europe Mission Centre, and Eurasia Mission Centre. That encompasses sort of Russia, Ukraine, and Georgia. And um, also, as Robin, you just referred, um, I'm involved in the Council 12 team on World Hunger, and that's exciting. And uh, there's some good work involved in ministry. And change, lives are changed, communities are changed. And I think that's what Jesus was about, is about changing lives and communities. So it's good, it's good to be back. Yes, and I also want to make sure our listeners know that you serve as the secretary for the Council of Twelve. So you are a very busy person. Well, very busy right now, as we're in the process of uh, discernment of the next prophet, president of the church. But uh, we are a team. We are a very diverse council, but it is wonderful uh, to serve. And uh, we are blessed uh, with each other on this journey. We are So this summer, I was reading a news update from Inland West Mission Center, which is part of my field, and I saw this great promo for their upcoming reunion at Samish Island, which they were doing in partnership with Canada East, and you were one of the guest ministers there. And I was captivated um, by the topic title that they gave, which was Europe and Beyond, Our Global mission especially that global mission because i really 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 think we have yet to fully live into that as as a church and 
to gain a lot of deeper understanding of what that means and what it looks like. So I reached out to you and I said, I really want to hear about this topic. And I think it would be a great thing to have on Project Sign podcast. So here we are. So Richard, please tell us all about your um, guest ministry, Europe and Beyond, our global mission. Well, thank you, Robin. I love talking about mission. I love talking about people. And I love trying to pay attention to what God is doing in people's lives. And so when I look at mission here in Europe and in a global context, it is really paying attention to the invitation of God. But God is at work and we need to be doing that hard work of discerning, listening, awakening, risking, blessing. Because in that process, uh, we discover our true selves and our sense of call. When I uh, shared in June 2021, I listed some of the things that I saw happening contextually in Europe. I want to share some of those with you again, because things are the same and things have changed. So I was saying in my field, and you might see some of these as well, we are seeing an increase in nationalism. We've seen a rise in fascism and in many nations. Racism is creating division between people. And sadly, some politicians are also helping to create those divisions. Immigration is rising and creating tensions among people. And a one strong European Union is being questioned about its role. There is homelessness, people trafficking, poverty is rising in nations. And very sadly, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. The divide is getting bigger. And there is gender and pay inequality. Sexism is rife. And people are saying they are spiritual, but not religious. And they are not wanting to engage with authorised religion that has failed them. And the other one that I said at that time was, there is a growing threat from Russia in Europe. And Europe is concerned for what the future may hold. And it really does concern people in Europe that there is war on our continent. There's continent, war in our continent. And as we look at it from a church lens, there is violence when we are pursuing peace. And since uh, I shared, we've had uh, the COVID pandemic and different nations have been dealing that in different ways. So that's the big context what is happening. Some of it is the same. Some has sadly has deteriorated, been more aggression. And but still we have this affirmation that God is at work with us. At work in Europe and around our our world. God is up to something. And our challenge is to pay attention. I, I like what uh, our good friend Larry Maguire 
said, and I've written this down, it's in front of me at my, my laptop all the time. It is time to think about the church we are becoming and not so much of supporting what's already in place. Significant shifts will be happening. And if we only look to what exists, we would be missing a future that is going to be different. And that is the challenge for us here in Europe. Things are changing. And as we pay attention, we can find a bright future for the church, not only in Europe, but in a global basis. So let me maybe update you on some of the things that have been happening since we last spoke and um, and maybe one or two new things that happen. One of the key things that we've been wanting to do here is to develop our young adults and our young leaders into leadership. It's been a very intentional program uh, over the last 10 to 12 years. And it's been really pleasing to see some of these young people stepping up into leadership and taking taking us on. We've had a number of events in Rome, in Italy, where we have been focusing on our youth and uh, young adults and leaders. Uh, it was in last July 2022 that we had one on peace, Christ peace and Pax Roma. It was amazing to see the um, opportunity to engage with what Rome has to offer and also what Christ has to offer us. And for me, this is a, an example where Rome is on people's bucket list. They want to go there. They want to engage in an amazing, lively city, but also to learn of a way to live together in community and to learn of the ways of Christ's peace. I'm really, really pleased to see some of our young adults in Germany now get involved in the national leadership. This has been a long process. So Carla has been very involved in this over many years, Joey. And now we've seen two of our young leaders taking up national responsibilities. And um, we don't know what the future holds for us, but it's really good to see people willing to try and be disciples of Jesus in their context. One of the uh, challenges us for in the British Isles Mission Centre has been some of the changes that are happening organisationally for the church and balancing that with what mission is emerging. So there's been a very intentional discernment journey in the British Isles, looking at what is mission calling us to, and how can we shape our structure, our organisation to support that. And it's, uh, it's interesting what is starting to emerge. It's very early in that process because I think sometimes we get little windows open for us. It's not a clear path forward, but we have a good sense that this is where the spirit is leading us. And it's definitely in the movement of peace and in our community. 
having community hubs. We continue to have um, a number of congregations are supporting food banks, where in the community they are needing help and support. I would say as I look back over the COVID pandemic, the congregations that were vested in the community were meeting community needs, like a food bank or some youth programs. The community have now responded and saying, thank you for being there. This could be my church. This is something that I would like to be involved in. And so as an example, it's probably about a year ago, one of our congregations that is a very active food bank and um, uh, youth program, we they, they regularly hold Messy Church. Messy Church is an integration of very active, dynamic uh, Sunday activity. And many of uh, our people who normally come to church were not there on that particular Sunday. Uh, and the parents from our neighborhood were coming and they said, we can do it for you. You know, that's a huge step forward. They said, this is my space. This is ours. We are in this together. And I'm really, really pleased to see how those relationships that we have been uh, working on very hard, very intentionally and are very authentic. People are saying, yes, this is for me too. One of our congregations has started an eco garden, looking at the environment. And um, so they built a labyrinth in their sort of uh, grounds of the church. They made some flower, grow some vegetables, and it's open to the community. There's a movement in in the UK called Eco Church, and they signed up to that. And so they're looking at how do you care for the environment. I think some of the ways that discernment is shaping the British Arts Mission Centre um, can be seen in the resolution that was brought to the World Conference of 2023 on climate emergency. There's a strong desire and passion amongst our young people and some of our little ones a bit older of the need to stand and do something and take action about a climate emergency. So this resulted in this resolution that was supported, has now become a world conference, and the church declaring a climate emergency. So they continue to look at ways that they can be authentic and live out their their values. Also, the recent sort of war we see in between Israel and Palestine, as we are starting to build our ecumenical links, we're able to take a stand with other faith and non-faith people and share where our voice is. We have, uh, some people have taken the opportunity to write to our local politicians to state our position. I, I think in the context, this isn't something that we were done before. Maybe an individual might have done this, but collectively we are finding a voice. I mentioned at our last podcast in 2021, a part of a peace colloquy, a message came out and said, which banner are you going to stand behind? And this banner here of nonviolence, of working for peace, it's given us sort of confidence and advice to say, yes, we believe in peace. And so it's really good to see how 
um, kind of the theory of saying, yes, we believe in peace, but it's taking action to what that means. And also our young adults are starting to find their voice from the summer camps or reunions that they've had this year. They brought a resolution to the Rishar's Mission Centre conference to look at marriage and the cohabitation. Maybe in the, for, in the past they might have had opinion and may, they might have left. Now they're saying we have a voice and we want to do something about it. And I think that's that's a big step forward. And that resolution was adopted by the uh, the conference. So I'm really pleased to see how young adults and young leaders are finding their place in Community of Christ and saying, this is what this site looks like for me, and it's, it's okay. So it's been, like I said, a very intentional program over 10, 12 years to work with our, our young leaders. And now we're finding ourselves in this place. So we have a peace colloquy, a European peace colloquy next March, March the 15th to the 17th. And again, very intentionally, this has been designed and developed by our young adults and our young leaders across Europe. So again, what I see is young adults are saying, we are really passionate about environmental justice, about social justice, about social and personal justice. We can do this. And it is a delight to see how people are responding and they use their creativity uh, to make this event. So this is our third peace colloquy. And uh, this, but this is the first time it's been led, planned, organized by a different group of people. So when I look at so what is good for Europe, a global mission is to be relevant in your context. And to me, this is one of the ticks that says we're starting to be relevant to our own people. And we're also being relevant, starting to be relevant to our communities because they're saying, yes, this place can be my place. So that's a little summary of the British Isles. If I jump into Spain, uh, I give you an update about what is happening there and the excitement and the joy that comes when people are finding the church. We continue to have uh, work with our Filipino community. Um, they were severely affected by COVID, and but they meet every Sunday and are pleased just to, uh, to come and worship and praise God. We had another retreat in Malaga in Spain, again, helping to shape um, authentic expressions of community in Spanish. We were blessed to have Joelle White with us and for her to share in her journey of discipleship. We have a focus now in Madrid working with people from Central America, particularly with Honduras. Uh, people from Honduras don't need a visa to come to Spain. And so we have a very large community from Central America. We, um, we are blessed to have, um, Semti Rasmo Gonzalez now with us from Honduras. He used to be employee of the church and his uh, daughter, Mercy. So we are now renting our second building in Madrid for them. But we know that place is too small. So we've got to look for another place. So there is definitely growth happening and people are finding community of Christ in Spain.
we continue to have uh, our uh, quarterly online service in Italian. It's uh, it's really wonderful to see new seekers finding the church wherever they may be. And here in uh, in Italy, we meet regularly with online services with translation, but there's a service dedicated to the Italian language. And this uh, circle is starting to grow a little bit bigger. In uh, Belgium, um, where we have a group of people, mainly from the Congo Democratic Republic, uh, have been refugees, and now they are very active membership in Brussels and in Belgium. Again, you've been there, Robin. You know the people. I think the wonderful piece now is that we have indigenous leadership from that group. You know, there is priesthood, there is leadership, and they are leading that expression. Um, it gives them dignity, it gives them purpose. One of the things that I like that they do, they, they've organized something called a co-citizen project. You might have heard some of these projects before. I think that what has evolved through the COVID period, I think is probably worth noting here, is that most of the education went online. And a lot of uh, the immigrant families didn't have access to computers or laptops. Uh, or if there was something provided, it might just be one for a family. And these families are large families. And so what they were able to do with some funding from from Community of Christ, they were able to get some used laptops. So not just every family had one, but every person in the household had one. And that's a big shift to access education for these people that would normally be left behind. Um, but what they also did is that they looked at themselves and said, what skills have we got? And they said, we can help with an after-school club. We can help these children. We can help them ensure that they continue to be focused. So this is a continuing program that's rolling on. And I like that. So that's a practical way of helping people, focusing on the youth, focusing on the young adults. And I understand as they start to look at 2024, we might be starting uh, a choir there. Uh, music is such a part of their culture. And so maybe this is a space to watch what might happen uh, coming out. And that draws people from that community. And, uh, you might have been in Brussels when uh, we try something like this with Keilani and Joey and Singing for Peace. And that was wonderful how community was responding. I think this kind of choir might focus more on sort of uh, their culture and identity. But there's something in music that draws people, that draws people together, draws people in, and it also draws us closer to God. So I'm looking forward to see what might happen there. I think as I look at sort of France, France continues to be a wonderful, vibrant expression of the church. It was wonderful to see so many people from France wanting to be delegates at the 2023 World Conference. We've never had so many people come in from France. They were so excited. And I know they're already uh, planning on attending the 2025 World Conference. It's uh, it's really good to see people wanting to be together in community and to find that it's relevant, it's vibrant, it's life-giving. And the, the messages and stories come from that. And uh, this summer in the reunion, we had Moana Fuana from, originally from French Polynesia, 
as our guest minister. And uh, the online ministries uh, continue. I think when I look at um, online ministries, uh, this is where it really does go global and there are no boundaries. Um, one of We have a number of online ministries and let me pull up the first one for youth and young adults, mainly focused on young adults. Uh, at the last Saturday of every month, the young adults across our our field meet together for some worship or time together. But the boundaries are not just Europe. Uh, my field are paired with uh, Apostle Catherine Mambwe's field. And so we have youth from Zambia, from Kenya joining and participating in that as we can learn from each other. And I think that's a really good example of uh, our global mission, how white it is contextualized. We live it in this place, but there is something that binds us together in Christ. Well, that draws us together and so that the young people here are finding authentic relationships online with people that they've never met but they have sense um, a oneness in Christ we continue to uh, explore to expand to experiment with community circle uh, now a fully organized online congregation they have a disciples toolbox once a month, the education and learning experience. They have living spiritual practices once a month, and they have the regular meetings, which are now in Spanish, Italian, and English, with volunteers doing translation and again on the Zoom platform. One of our challenges in Europe is that we might have seekers that join us, but they're from remote places where we haven't got congregations. And this is an ideal opportunity to connect with people. But it is global. Whilst the propensity is in Europe, it does cross to, to America. It does go into different places. And I think that's part of our future, is how do we support uh, expressions of authentic community that don't know any national boundaries? And so I'm, I'm excited how that this small team are very innovative, are willing to experiment, but have a really sense of being shaped and formed as disciples of Jesus Christ. And others are, are finding a, a sacred home. We continue to also have community connections in the British Isles, which is a, month, a weekly service that joins people together um, from around our world. So I think it's have to say there are things happening, but it isn't easy. You know, coming out of the COVID pandemic, it, the dynamics have changed. You know, I think you see that in many places that there's less people wanting to be together in church, but there are people who want to be together in relationships. And so our challenge is how do we make those places meaningful uh, when we have those? So we have a 30s maybe 30-year-olds, um, wanting to come together at one of our campgrounds. And so how do we make that sort of an authentic expression of what they are looking for? They're searching, they're seeking. And again, for me, this is the way that we just need to experiment, try some new things, and just see where they will take us. It isn't easy having... Um, one less member of staff, Joey Williams, some of you might know, an incredibly gifted person, 
Uh, he had a reassignment during the COVID period and he, he hasn't been replaced. And so life is hard, you know, uh, with, with just one member of staff in the field, plus myself, trying to balance the discernment and a sense of God is inviting us into this uh, new way of living, new way of being. And sometimes we have to make some tough decisions saying, I don't think I can do that quite right, right now. And that, that probably hurts me more than anything because you can see opportunities and we have to prioritize some of those. Uh, that's to be wise stewards of the resources that we have. I think when I look at sort of Europe, there is something bubbling up here. I take great strength and encouragement from our young people stepping up because they want to. It isn't going to be the same, but it's something that they want to express themselves in, in mission. So, okay, I've talked quite a bit there. Those are the like the updates and bits that have been happening, Robin. So, That's exciting to hear. I have a couple questions. Um, you've, you've mentioned several times this intentional effort to develop young adults the past 10 to 12 years. And one of the things I'm hearing is, a real um, intentional incorporating them, inviting them into leadership and participating um, any way that they can have a voice that impacts um, what you're going to do. Are there other intentional things that you've done over the past 10 to 12 years to, to focus, to develop young adults? Yeah, I think it's setting out this as a direction that we want to do not that it's because it's the right thing to do for me you know i can remember myself as being a young leader i was a pastor when i was 18 years old and i thought i could do anything mm. you know? and if you provide the right mentoring the right support around you um it can be a wonderful gift to the church and also feeling valued that i have something to offer so we've we've looked at different education opportunities um, we it's interesting that Brishar's Mission Centre one of their discernment responses have been that the younger young adults are saying we want some more education opportunities so it's it's really good to see that so I, I, I'm, I see it as you provide opportunities and they might say no that's this time this is the wrong time for me mm -hmm. it's not no I don't want to do this but it's probably the wrong time for me so provide different channels different opportunities there's some of either our camping program, some of these activities we've tried in Rome, um, or intentionally sort of have mentors around people. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one one thing that's working. Um, I think it's also in the context where we are right now, where we are, I feel as community Christ, we're in a good place. You know, we have done a lot of hard work in respect of some of our equality issues and our uh, our inclusion there's still lots of work to do uh, our work on justice and peace and these are things that mean a lot to our young leaders and so a place that they feel uh, either they're finding or that they have been brought up in this faith tradition now has meaning for them in a new way now we're not perfect you know we have we're missing lots of people as well but I think that there are some people that have responded to that, and it is it is really good to see to see that. 
yeah, our last mission center conference, the British Isles Mission Center, there was an opening worship and a closing worship done by our young adults completely, you know, and it's whilst we might see that in many places, they were the first to say, I want to do this. Right. Um, rather than being invited, would you like to do this? No, it says, we want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's a shift. And that's what I'm pleased that it's uh, steps four. But it, I would say it's making the focus, the journey of we want to engage with young adults, young leaders. So what does it take? Yeah, that's exciting. Um, and I know we've seen a bump in young adults reaching out to go to Community of Christ Seminary, and many of them have been uh, students from from your field. Yes. Also, I don't know if you've seen this. It sounds like you might have, but we're seeing a a resurgence of young adults who have not been active in the church for five to 10 years who are starting to come back to like the camping gatherings or other gatherings. They have kids and they, they're not sure where they personally are with church, but they have this inner sense of longing and it's really exciting to see that. Are you seeing that as well? Uh, Yes. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. It is. And I, I, I kind of smile to myself because I think, God, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> this is how these little surprises happen. God shows up. And you're right. Yeah, we are seeing a number of these families. I used to say that they are connected by their fingertips. Mm-hmm. They share values, but participation in what's been in the past hasn't been for them for various reasons. Uh, but now they are saying, yes, you know, it's sometimes associated with campgrounds where they've had experiences mm-hmm. and they want their children to experience that or they want their friends to experience that. Mm-hmm. But they have this wonderful spirit of invitation as well to come and see what we're doing. So, yes, Robin, it's maybe mm-hmm. it's a part of the, the global missions that will emerge of people are saying there is something here for me. Um, and I, I think the, the big shift, though, is that that might be their expression of community and connection until mm-hmm. the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, life has got a different pace and different rhythm than before and sort of long-term commitments are hard for mm-hmm. some of these families and individuals, but they definitely find meaning that's authentic and their connection with God and with one another. So, and yeah, what, a, what a blessing that we have since the pandemic, which kind of... Uh, Poured kerosene on the sparks of online ministries, which we already had started, but but just a handful, right? And now uh, these young adults and their kiddos can connect as they can with their schedule from home remotely, if if that's something that works for them. The relationships um, can continue to be fed that way, which is which is wonderful. Which brings me to another question: You talked about community circle; they're meeting regularly they're now a congregation right correct you mentioned that you have folks attending from outside your field do you have uh, international um, official members of that congregation as well so we have participants from around the world Uh at this present time i'm not so so concerned of where membership is Uh i'm more concerned of where people show up right and so I think maybe the actual membership is very small and I'm fine with that mm-hmm. because it's where people are showing up and saying, yeah, this is my home. 
This is where I find my friends and I feel there's something here for me. So, yes, we do have people from various places around the world joining uh, this community circle. And some people just show up for three, four, five months and it's meaningful and then mm-hmm. they, they leave. But there's this core group that is very loving, very healing for people and reconciling. So I, when I look at sort of online ministry in this way, it is an experiment. But it is amazing how that we think we get it and then the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you don't, you know, <laughs> let's find something bigger than this. And so I think that's where the, these global boundaries are going to be that new frontier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit is saying, okay, you've been practicing, you've been paddling your canoe, your kayak up the little creek. Now, now, now let's see what can happen. And I'm, I'm very, very pleased with the way that the leadership of Community Circle have been very intentional about uh, providing a safe place Mm-hmm. So people find a home, um, but what does that mean on a global basis that people can show up and find um, meaning in, for their life in community, and and to be in a Christ-like community? Yeah, as you say, it's when we're gathered together, whether it's in a, a community circle online or a community circle in a room with chairs in a circle. Um, all are welcome and all belong. This mm-hmm. is this, there's a place for you at this table, and it's beautiful to see that blossom um, online as well as in person, and and to see the mix of that because a lot of people that are fully engaged in online ministries also have face to face elements of discipleship life and ministry that are taking place in parallel. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there are. And I think that as we look at sort of younger generations, they interact in social media in a totally different way. And I think that's the challenge that we are now facing. I think Zoom is a very good platform for some people to connect. But I think there are other ways that we need to experiment with with other social media platforms Mm -hmm. that speak Mm -hmm. to different generations. And that's a very fluid sort of uh, global mission for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I would like us to see experiment a bit more as maybe as our young leaders themselves uh, can see the mission potential. Uh, so I think that's what I would like to see things happen in future ways is uh, using all the the pieces of social media to reach people, mm-hmm. uh, to invite people into this mm-hmm. loving community. Because we get that, we create it, we're really good at it when we do it. I think we have to work on an invitation um, and live that hospitality online. And I think we can get there. Mm -hmm. It's that sort of mind. So I think invitation is going to be really important for us and using the the ways the social media can open up for us. Um, As as you know, I'm also attracted by the possibilities of artificial intelligence, AI. And what does that mean for us in mission? And I think there is opportunity for us to use this this tool to be uh, to be sharper, to be focused, to be reaching, to be embracing more people. Yeah, I have some big picture questions I want to ask you, but I have one other thing I want to touch on um, while we're on this this topic of 
global mission. I hear you refer to the global south from time to time around the circle with the Council of Twelve. I'm wondering if you could address that um, just a little bit with us today. Okay. Well, I think when I use the word global south rather than the global north, it isn't necessarily north and south. But if we look at sort of where Christianity is growing, um, a lot of sort of theologians and writers use the term global south, which tends to be sort of the African continent, the South American continent, continent parts of Asia, where we are seeing a rapid growth in all faith pieces, uh, particularly in Christianity. Um, it's still a vibrant expression. Um, I was in uh, a meeting with Apostle Bunda and Catherine Mamway this week, and they said they've had 1,500 baptisms this year to date. You know, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God. And so we are continuing to see a growth of a church in that area, in those areas, and will continue to be. Um, the other part of that is the global north or westernized nations or developed nations where we are seeing um, people less uh, less interested in organized religion and so with the secularization. And so we are seeing decrease in attendance in churches and faith traditions. Um, it's interesting here in Europe, as I've looked at data and statistics, Christianity is growing in the big European cities uh, rather than in other areas. And part of that is is migration of people that are coming from the global south. And so in some ways, that's what we try to do here with our immigrant groups is to tap into that um, really strong people of faith. And they're looking for an expression of authentic community. And they find that in community of Christ. So on a, on a global basis, a mission, we definitely see um, assets and resources in developed northern areas. But in the global south, there isn't so much resources, but a huge resource of faith and spirituality and, um, and a willingness to, um, to gather together. And many of those places, time isn't a factor. You can gather for three, four, five hours, and then they have a wonderful celebration that's vibrant. It raises challenges as for as, as a denomination, as a church, as we align our resources and as we respond to what is happening. But I also think we can learn so much in the Western nations on global north from those expressions. You know, what does it mean to experience uh, a dependency on God? to live out your faith in their context. The context is different, but hearing story and hearing to to how they express their faith. It can be uplifting. It can be challenging for us. Sometimes we might say, well, it quite doesn't work like that for me. Mm -hmm. But I think that for Community of Christ, if we can keep our global connections, we can be blessed immeasurably. We pride ourselves, we, we love it that we're a worldwide church and have mm-hmm. these relationships all around the globe. And I think if we we really need to make sure that we keep those links working um, because we learn so much, it's, whether it's partnerships, whether it is just connecting online, 
the rich diversity, as we say, unity and diversity. Um, we we are really blessed and uplifted by each other. Um, so the Global South is where the action is. The action is that that's where the growth is. Mm-hmm. I'm not losing the Global North or the Westernized nations because God is really at work with us. It's just that we need to pay attention. We keep doing our own things and some things have changed and moved on. So I think we just need to pay attention and look for new ways of creating authentic Christ-like community. And as we are saying, we just seen glimpses of that starting to happen. And our young people are also saying, yeah, I think this is what I want. So, yeah, I think there is hope for the church globally. Mm-hmm. But we have to live in attention of resources and how those are applied. Um, but I think that it, it is it is good. The global self, uh, it, it's so, so thrilling to hear stories to see how the church has gone into new nations or whether it's a congregation that are double in size. Uh, and then our congregations may be closing down or getting smaller. But I think if we also listen to the spirit that they are sharing, um, it's uplifting. And it can be challenging for us, you know. You know, just as an example, we have a very strong church family in Nigeria that are part of the leadership there. And their daughter, Emma, is now in Ukraine studying medicine. Every Sunday, every Sunday, she joins our online community circle congregation. So our global family is working in ways that we couldn't even imagine. And so we are be, be, we blessed by that in these different relationships that we have. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that is something that I see young adults all over the globe very excited about having these international connections. I mean, authentic relationship. And, um, and it's lovely at World Conference to see folks who have connected deeply online, see each other in person and, it's it's just beautiful. So I think, uh, yeah, the spirit is on fire and yeah. it feels very challenging at times, but yet so rich with possibility and already spilling blessings everywhere. Yes. Well, you mentioned World Conference, Community Circle. Some people were delegates at the 2023 World Conference. But a number of them is the first time they had met each other in person. You know, and so, yes, similarly, uh, young adults are able to get those authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. So you've touched on this a little bit already, Richard, but how do you sense God calling community of Christ into the future? I think it is about being relevant and being authentic to ourselves. I think it is a willingness to to try an experiment and don't just say we've always done this in the past. I think it's definitely centered around peace, but being a follower of Jesus, the peaceful one, and that as I look at our mission initiatives, we have five ambition initiatives, invite people to Christ. I say in the Western nations of the world, we need to embrace that invitation, invitation, invitation. I think the idea of abolished poverty and end suffering 
and pursue peace on and for the earth. I see a huge change in the dynamics about refugees and immigration. It's going to change. We're going to see uh, increased demand on uh, for food security and water security. And so I ask myself, what does it mean for a church to be pas- passionate about justice and peace in our context and, and to live that? I think it's about realizing that we can abolish poverty and suffering. We can work, we can collaborate, we can stand together with with colleagues, friends, other associations. So I, I would say to be um, looking at our enduring, at our mission initiatives and to see where it takes us. Uh, to be practical in helping people, but also to work on that, that hard work of building sacred community. Um, we can do all our good works and not be together following Jesus the one we want to follow. And so I think that's going to be a lot of challenge. And I think forming Christ-like communities is going to be very important for us. And it can look different. We can worship. We can gather. We can learn in different ways. But it's Jesus we follow. And so I think that's what I would say. It's form sacred community that's authentic, that's relevant, and also do things in our communities. And I think some of our doing we haven't done, and mm-hmm. some of our form we need to be formed in Jesus, we need to do more work on. What are your hopes for, for the church going into that future? I I would say that we can realize that we are good enough. That God's invitation to become a prophetic people is a realistic call for us. And that as we realize that we are not alone, that we have sisters and brothers in Christ, we are a community. We have other people of faith that we stand with. But I I think it is about realizing ourselves that we are good enough. And when we realize that, we can do anything Mm. with God with us. So we live in a syndrome of uh, maybe doubting ourselves. And we look Mm. at numbers uh, rather than realize that it isn't about us. It's about what God is doing. And God is much bigger than community of Christ or any one faith tradition. But we have a place that we can claim. So I say claim it. Yes. Claim it. It's ours. Richard, is there anything that you would like to say today that I haven't asked you about? I think you're a really good uh, interviewer as we talk together, Robin. I think you touched on many of the points. I just want to affirm that I do believe that the future is bright for community of Christ. I'm very hopeful. Now, we realize that we're still in transition and we might close some congregations. But what I'm hopeful of is that we are a prophetic people. And if we believe in that prophetic voice as a people, there is a a time... Um, when we just need to speak and act. 
And that's what I'm finding. I would say people are finding their voice. We are finding our voice. In a small little voice at the moment, I'd like it to shout a bit louder. Mm-hmm. We find in that we have a voice. Um, when I look at sort of on a global basis, I really want us to hold together that we are a global church, to hold each other accountable, but also hold us uh, together in mission. And that is a blessing for us. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, Richard. It has been a total delight. And a very special thanks to all of you, our listeners. If you would like to hear more stories about mission, check out our What's Brewing series. If you have questions for our guest, Richard James, you can email him at rcnjames at cfchrist.org. To hear more from podcasts featuring Richard, I want you to check out episode 382, Mission in the Eurasia Field, Episode 438 with our Cup of Joe series, Richard talks about community of Christ history in Wales. And episode 646, What's Brewing About the World Hunger Team. You can also visit Community of Christ YouTube channel and put Richard James in the search box, which will pull up everything that Richard has contributed there. This is your host, Robin Linkhart. And you are listening to Project Zion Podcast. Go out and make the world a better place. Take good care. Bye-bye.